Just what is it that you want to do? Well, we want to be free. We want to be free to, to do what we want to do. And we want to get loaded. And we want to have a good time. And that's what we're going to do. Well, wait, baby, let's go. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a party. Welcome to episode 27 of the Film Yak Podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. And Jonathan. I just sound better than both of you. I don't know why. <laughs> I know, right? It's, I, weird. <laughs> it's weird how you're like... You're well, also, you, so showed up, you showed up with a hey, you know, fancy new microphone. Going? Oh, yeah, what's this up is with the that? shock absorber. This is the cheapest piece of shit imaginable. This came free with a Personas Firewire thing. Well, like there you go. Personas ago. takes care of their shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> what brand is that? MXR. Which I think is an offshoot of Gibson. I thought they only made pedals. They apparently make mics. <laughs> it's clearly well, and they sound great. I, I can hear you. I can hear you way more than I can hear. Well, me. just turn yourself up. No, man. it's all. Oh, well, no, I don't want to hurt myself because I think the the audio it's recording fine. Okay. Like okay. it's recording. It's all at the same level, but I can hear you more than I can hear me. Right. Hmm. That's all in the, in the in my cans. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Anyway, this week we're going to be talking about Kevin's pick, The World's End. Edgar Wright's. Uh, finale to the Cornetto trilogy from That's 2013. Right. Yep. Uh, written by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright and directed by Edgar Wright and starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost among other English actors. Mm-hmm. We're also going to be talking about some news, other stuff we watched. So thanks for joining us. We got a new uh, interface that we're recording yeah. through. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Which sounds really good so far. Hopefully uh, we'll be a much... Uh, needed improvement over our previous mixer, which was on the verge of dying. Yeah. So we appreciate that, Kevin. Kevin, uh, rest in peace. Got that. Happy to help. <laughs> rest um, in peace, Behringer mixer. Right. Yeah. It's not really dead yet. 2006 no. to 2018. <laughs> I, I, it, it had a good <laughs> run. I'm still going to use it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but uh, rest in peace, 56 delay. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, yeah. How's it going? It's going great. Weather's fantastic. We've been having great weather like the last three podcasts. It's unseasonably mild. It's nice. Mm. I like it. Normally it'd be uh, a real boiler outside, but yeah. now it's just not uh, It's not, It's not. not there. It's, it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's breezy. Um, well, I don't know. A little news? Getting a little news? Oscars were last Sunday. Did you guys watch? I did watch, yeah. I didn't, but I was following them on Wikipedia. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like going back every now and then. I gotta say though, a lot, a lot of what was nominated, I was confused by. What do you mean? Like the um, uh, best like effects. It was like Blade Runner and like uh, Star Wars and. Uh, what is that? <laughs> I don't know. It's a blizzard sound. <laughs> it's a blizzard outside. <laughs> That's gone. That was that was pretty awesome sounding. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. it's gone. I'm sorry, Kevin. You were saying it's yeah. Probably, it's like, probably these ancient cord mics. Probably cord, yeah. cord, uh, cord mic mics. cords. Yeah, the cord yeah. mics. 
Yeah, because I remember see, like like some of it was like, really, that was it. You meaning meaning um, like you thought that Star Wars should have gotten more nominations? No, uh, oh. I mean I I wouldn't consider it really an you know Academy type of movie, but. Let's get a look. Well, got you know what I want to know? But where the, where the fuck was Good Time? I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, you know. I, in, in nothing at all? What should yeah. it have gotten nominated I don't know. For? Just yeah, and, and also, like, Best Animated something. Feature has kind of become, like, you know, which Pixar, DreamWorks, Disney movie wins this year. I really think, uh, there it is again. I think it's you. I'm not doing anything. Jitter your mic. It's gone. <laughs> Alright, anyway. really disconcerting. Okay. It's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, the um, fuck out of this thing now. Yeah. But, uh. I'll leave it all in. Let's see. Good time. Uh. You know, I yeah. I'll say I'll say it was robbed for cinematography, for sure, because it's certainly one of the best looking movies that came out last year. And maybe mm. you know, drop Pattinson a nomination. He's yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that's what I'm thinking about the most. Yeah. Is like, really? I mean, no. Yeah, or at least a, a, nod, a nod. Or at like the very least, uh, Benny for supporting. Right. Yeah, he wasn't going to get it because people were apparently not very fond of his performance, which I don't get because he's amazing and he's a revelation. Yeah, like. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe they're just uncomfortable by the fact that like it's so realistic. Like yeah. I've met people like that, you sure. know, who, you know, they're not quite there and, you know, that's the way they that's the way they speak and they act. I think I I think I read one review that called his impersonation like a ignorant slack-jawed uh version of a of a mentally challenged person like they were like they were offended that he was playing it so I guess so challenged but i mean it's like like i agree those are like these people exist it seems yeah. like he was playing it very authentically to me like, yeah. he didn't do anything that was like offensive like it's not like he was walking around you know like he didn't look like trump when trump was making fun of that re- uh, reporter yeah but, and he like yeah the he did the, did the, the hand motion yeah, exactly yeah. So, it wasn't I mean, like harmony kareen level exploitation like right. it didn't feel like well harmony kareen <laughs> would have cast an actual ch- mentally challenged person <laughs> well, yeah. but yeah, yeah like <laughs> so like best makeup and hairstyling there were three nominations and like the one, the ones that were nominated for best visual effects, like Blade Runner one, but it was up against Guardians of the Galaxy two, Kong Skull Island, Star Wars Last Jedi, and War for the Planet of the Apes. Like Jesus. War for the Planet of the Apes was the favorite favorite to win. Really? Mm-hmm. I have motion capture. I haven't seen it, so I can't say. But like, it seems like the, the there had to be like good. others that were, I don't know, just as good, if not better. I don't believe it. I could Blade be wrong, was but fine. I don't know. It looked good. Eh. I mean, it looks... Yeah, I, I don't... I mean, I... Out of those, those movies, those I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The CG looked the best, I guess. The I, technical categories yeah, yeah. are obviously <laughs> the least the least exciting of the night, yeah. so... Yeah. I mean, obviously... And you can pretty much pick the winners. I mean, you know, like, the makeup... Whoever did in the fat suit's going to win the makeup award, so pretty obviously much. Darkest Hour wins, and then, <laughs> you know... The rest of them are very. It's very telegraphed. Like the yeah. only, I think I only got like three or four wrong. I I did the I did like a poll on a website, and I think mm-hmm. I only got like three or four wrong. Mm-hmm. And those mm-hmm. were um. I didn't expect Allison Janney to win. I thought Laurie Metcalf was going to win uh, for Lady Bird. Uh. And then uh, for Best Picture, I had Three Billboards winning. So pretty mm-hmm. big shocker that I th- I yeah. think that Shape of Water won. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, a happy surprise, I guess. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's yeah, cer- certainly good. Yeah, because Del Toro deserves, you know, some of that level of recognition, I think. How much do you think that his winning for director was just the Academy saying, you know what, we've already given the other two Spanish directors Oscars, <laughs> Cuaron and uh, Inaritu. Let's uh, make it a trifecta. Huh? It was a big Mexico night. Like, they had the Coco thing. Sure. You know? Yeah. And the guy, like, the guy like, won for Coco, didn't he? Yeah, he the won. Song? Yeah. yeah. And he's, right, the, he's, right. the only, he's the first person it, to it, uh, EGOT twice. You know EGOT? No. Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. He's got Holy two oh, sets shit. of them now. He's wow. won all of them twice. It won Best wow. Animated, too, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, Desplat took home his second Oscar for Best Score. Yeah, that that's gross. I'm sorry. That's a travesty. Like, I like this plot. I, 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 I love this plot, and I love the music uh-huh. for, for Shape of Water, but to not give it to Greenwood is a fucking joke. Like, I, I, Phantom Thread's score is incredible. I ha- Yeah, I haven't uh, seen Shape of Water, but I'd have to agree, because, yeah. like, I mean, you can argue one way or another about it being, you know, a quote-unquote good score on its own, but I think it fits the film perfectly. It does. Yeah, right. And there's yeah. such a, there's like, the Splaw strikes me as such like a, like I like his scores for the most part, uh-huh. but he's so prolific. He's like Hans Zimmer. Like the, uh, yeah. some of them like lose power because he's got so many of them. It's like Greenwood is like an auteur scorer. You know what I mean? Like, right. He, he, I mean, I hate to say that cause it's like, he's, yeah, he's in Radiohead, but it's like his scores <laughs> are so few and far between. He's only really scored for, for Paul Thomas Anderson. I mean, if you don't count body song, I guess. And that, uh, Norwegian wood movie he did, but like, it's like, you know, it's, there's so, there's so, uh, he seems like he's a lot more careful with his scores than somebody like Desplat, who seems like he's just pumping them out. He's two or three or four a year, you know? I mean, like for me, Desplat's score for, uh, birth is like one of my favorite of all time, but you know, he wasn't even nominated for that shit. So (laughs) yeah, like I saw that, uh, like his first Oscar was for Grand Budapest Hotel, which like, I love that score because he gets so deep into like, uh, the, Russian folk music and stuff and it's a very it fits the movie very well yeah so but yeah I mean he's also done he like scored one of the Twilight movies he scored Godzilla <laughs> he's done a lot he's of done shit. a lot of stuff yeah. like so like it's cool that he can go back and forth between like the um, like more artsy kind of individualistic scores and then just kind of Maybe maybe not necessarily phone it in, but you know, just okay. I gotta crank one out. In I mean, like just three like hours. He, he does a lot of like like really like um, commercial shit too. Like not like I mean, for lack of a better word, not art films. You know, yeah. like like you said, he did Godzilla. He did the the Monuments Men. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Zero God. Dark Thirty, Argo. I mean, he just seems like he's like a real jobber, doesn't (laughs) he? he It seems so. I mean, I like some of his scores, but he is—he's just such a jobber. Like the Ides of March, Carnage, My Week with Marilyn, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows parts one and two. Yeah, Twilight Saga, New Moon. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know that had a score because I remember when that came out, it was like all about the soundtrack. Like when you said Carnage, I was like, I don't remember any music in Carnage. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, he probably made a score for it and they didn't use it, and he still got credited for the score. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, he's doing the score for Isle of Dogs coming up, so that yeah. sh- that should be exciting for sure. I mean, like just in 2017, he literally did four scores, and one of them was Valerian, which I couldn't even tell you that he did that. So <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea either. He did Shape of Water, he did Troll Hunters, and Suburbicon. So he's got a working relationship with Clooney, clearly. Um, but anyway, I don't know. All in all, I'd say it's a really predictable Oscars. Uh, yeah. What do you guys think of the the show itself, like Kimmel and everything else like that? Like, 
like the the going to the theater it, thing. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That was funny. Did you see any of that on the YouTube or anything? The no. Um, I think the most I really read about it was there was something about uh, there was some article calling out Emma Stone for being uh, uh, like like this is this is white woman privilege because she was like oh she said uh, yeah three four four great directors like these, and like Greta these, Gerwig or whatever. yeah these yeah. four men and Greta Gerwig right. and it's like like yeah like they say that's it's um, discounting Guillermo del Toro and, and Jordan and, and Jordan Peele because they're they're ethnic groups and she's yeah, like yeah. they don't matter because they're men didn't yeah. someone else just just do that didn't Natalie Borman just do that or something? I think she did it at like the Golden Globes. Yeah. She said something similar to what Emma Stone said, but I don't think she got. I don't know if she got like as much. Yeah, I mean, I can't even call this really bad. There's a lot because I've only seen one article on it. That's but. the most thing. That's the most I've seen, like controversy wise. Like yeah, it's yeah, like that, and then um, the Gary Oldman wife beating thing. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> and they had which uh, I'd never heard of, and they had Jodie yeah. Foster and. Um, What's her face present for uh, instead of Casey Affleck? Casey Affleck is oh, supposed yeah. to present, but he dropped out because of the abuse allegations. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know about that. Hmm. Anyway, um, uh, Kimmel uh, Trump rather tweeted at at the Oscars, and he said that they had the lowest ratings in years or whatever, or lowest rated Oscars <laughs> ever. <laughs> And Kimmel Kimmel shot back at him on Twitter. He said lowest mm. lowest presidential ratings ever because <laughs> he is he's like the lowest rated president in history. Yeah, I mean, pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, at this point with Trump, it's like, of course he's going to say that, right? Because you know he's he's predictable. Yeah, he is the worst. Yes. Um, <laughs> in other news, uh, Francis McDormand. I just wanted. I really just want to talk about like her. I don't like. Did you see, you remember her speech, Jonathan? Um, like at the beginning when she got on stage and she was like cackling. She manic. was like, yeah, she's like, ah, like she was like like throwing her hands yeah. out. Like it was really bizarre. I was depressed that she won. I, I couldn't I kinda don't tell. Like <laughs> I couldn't tell what she was going for. I was like, what are you like? What are you doing? Are you trying to be funny? Like I just didn't understand. I wanted. It. Uh, I can never remember her name. Margot Robbie. I wanted her to win. Because I haven't even seen Itania, but the scene they showed in Itania, I was into. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, okay. It looked really good. She's like crying. She's like pleading to the judge. Yeah. I was like, don't take away my ability to skate I was or like, whatever. It, looked, it looks pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, check it like, out. Yeah. I don't, yeah. The, but, that uh, movie looks terrible to me. Really? But I don't but, uh, know. It might I was be just, good. Yeah. I, I was really, like, from the trailers, I was really turned off by the tone yeah. of it. Because, like, yeah. you know, oh, poor Tanya Harding. Yeah. She had a really abusive mother. But, but she a, also hired a guy to break Nancy Kerrigan's leg with yeah, a crowbar. She apparently still denies that she had anything to do with it. That's sure, what I'm interested. In. That's why I want to see it. Though. I want to see how they really paint it. Yeah. Okay. It's like yeah. they can't. You can't justify. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I, yeah. She did whatever it took to win. Jonathan. Yeah. But in, anyway, in the scene that they show, I was like, eh, she seems like she's insane, and she probably is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's not bad in uh, Wolf of Wall Street. She's good in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Um. Uh, She's very I think that's the only thing I've seen her in. Suicide Squad. Oh, oh God. Brutal. <laughs> yeah. Have awful. you seen that? No. Oh, no. really? Oh, don't. good, good for you, bud. Yeah, no Do interest. Not see that. Way to go. <clears throat> um, but no, I, I don't really remember her speech all that well. Oh, well, that was it. That's the cackling is what I want oh, to talk okay. about. I just, it was really like, it was off-putting to me. And mm-hmm. I was just like, ugh. I was like, I didn't even really want to listen to the rest of it. I was afraid she was going to embarrass herself further. But yeah. she, she, she made a pretty, like, you know, whatever, eloquent, you know, uh, 
fiery kind of political thing, you know, speech. So, yeah, yeah. but uh, that's I guess that's it for news then. Unless you guys have something else, you want to talk about Jordan Peele one. Jordan Peele one. Jordan Peele yeah. one. You were very excited Best about this. Original screenplay. Yeah, it's cool. It's kind of like a fuck you to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad he got at least something because like. I've heard so much about in the award, you know, in the award season, Get Out was being nominated as like a comedy, and it's and clearly it's a documentary. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, as he said, yeah. I I don't. I mean, I uh, I think. Do you think he deserved to win? Uh, yeah, probably against who's he against? I mean, original. Well, I don't, I I might have given it to Phantom Thread because I mean, yeah, I Phantom, Phantom Thread, Three Billboards, good. and. Yeah, I don't remember what the other one was. Uh, yeah. uh, but I mean, the only thing that the only thing that bothers me about Jordan Peele is that he just he just seemed a little overly serious at the award ceremony. He seemed like like I'm here now. I'm I'm a I'm a great writer director, and everyone respects I hope, me. I really. And then when Kimmel when Kimmel said the guy from Comedy Central is here, he they cut to him and he looked like pissed off, like that he was like I'm not the fucking guy. From, like I'm a writer. I'm an Oscar nominated <laughs> writer and director. You got to ride the wave, man. I know. I agree. Like, yeah, Key appeal yeah. is like legendary yeah. at this point. Yeah, I was, yeah. it was funny too because uh, Key was on a um, Keiko Michael Key was on uh, some commercial the other day for like for like Capital One or something. I was oh like, yeah, look at it. Like, it's like <laughs> Jordan Peele's winning Oscars over here, and this guy's doing fucking credit card commercials. Yeah, such a joke. Yeah. But anyway, um, well, uh, move on to what we watched. Sure, sure, yeah. I have very, very little to talk about. So if you guys want to start, unbelievable. Kevin, you can start this week. Sure. Uh, I'll start off with a Stanley Kubrick double bill. I've watched his first two movies, Fear and Desire and Killer's Kiss. Um, They're both okay. Um, It's funny, though. Both of them are about an hour long, and that... Really? Yeah, and I think it's a little too long, honestly. Whoa. Yeah. 60 minutes is too long. For this, I would say so. Holy shit. Well, like, it's it's funny. It's like, uh, it's fear and desire is kind of like a, like, not as interesting episode of the Twilight Zone. Um, yeah, there just wasn't enough there. Like, if it had been a little longer, they probably could have, like, developed the characters a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, there's things that, like, seem to come out of nowhere with the characters and, um, like, you can see, like, some of, like, Stanley Kubrick's, like, camera work is, like, it's obvious that he's starting with this Developing. one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as as a whole, the movie just wasn't that interesting. And, like, if it had been shorter or longer, it probably would have been better. And same with Killer's Kiss. It's uh, a boxer gets mixed up with a dame and... Uh, <laughs> You know, like typical, yeah, typical film noir. Um, Yeah, like, I don't think you, like, as far as I can see, I don't think he really gets, like, to, like, a film film, and especially, like, a Stanley Kubrick film until The Killing, which fucking rules. But, uh... I like, I I, I haven't seen uh, Fear and Desire, but I remember liking Killer's Kiss quite a bit. But it's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah. Um... I just remember there being one like orbiting shot. I think it's at the very beginning, actually, where the guy's like waiting for a bus or a train or something, and it's like orbiting around him. Is this is this right? I think so. Yeah, I remember that being yeah. really cool. And I remember talking to Jordan, and Jordan was like, 
it's terrible. <laughs> and he accused me of liking it just because it's Kubrick. I mean, ah, <laughs> whatever. You of all people. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit of that. Did you watch the Seafarers Union documentary that he did, or the industrial film that he? No, it's, I it's didn't. On the Fear and Desire uh, no. Blu-ray. Yeah, it was. Um... I've actually watched it. It's really boring. <laughs> it's like forty minutes long. It's just yeah, like a little yeah. like commercial for the Seafarers Union. <laughs> wow. It's his it's, first thing that he did. Yeah. It was funny, too. Like, uh, Fear and Desire was on uh, Kino instead mm-hmm. of, like, Criterion or MGM or right. uh, Warner Brothers or Lesser whoever. Kubrick gets the Kino treatment. Right, right. <laughs> Gross. Kino's awful. Well, they got some... I disagree. You know, they're they're, I German, just, they're yeah. German stuff. Like, Are they getting better? Well, I don't know. I just bought... They, to be they had a sale, and I bought four of their Blu-rays the other day for, uh. like, six bucks each. Oh, nice. And they just have stuff that's like you wouldn't assume is going to be on Blu ray ever. Like, um, oh, that's cool. The Indian Runner, which is the Sean Penn's first directing film. And then uh, Barton Fink is on is on Kino Blu ray. Oh, cool. So I got that. And I got uh, City of Industry, which is this Harvey Keitel, Stephen Dorff like, heist film that my dad used to love. And I, <laughs> I watched it once. I think I liked it. And then I also got another movie that my dad loved also that I don't think I ever watched, which is called Last of the Finest. And it's got Brian Dennehy and Joe uh. Pantoliano, and they're like corrupt cops in Chicago. That sounds fucking awesome. It's, yeah, it's from like the Not gonna early, lie. early 90s. I don't know. It's like like just flew by. Nobody remembers it. Hmm. Uh. My dad bought it. My dad, remember, um, you remember Video 4 in Zachary or in oh, Central? Yeah. When that place closed down, or when they had, they had a VHS sale before they closed down, though, and they were selling tapes for a buck, and my dad bought, like, ten tapes, and that was one of them, and he was so obsessed with this movie. He was like, <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. It's amazing. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Jonathan? Um, I've only got two this week. Me, too. Um, watched a one-hour photo. For the uh, first time? Uh, no, I watched it when it came out. Pretty sure this was. Pretty sure this was straight to video. No, it wasn't. No, really? No, it's in the theater. God, it's got the. It's got that straight Mark to Romanek video. Directed it. He's, he's, he's a it's got guy. that early, like Boondock <laughs> Saints vibe. Like, well, I'm pretty just, sure Boondock Saints was released in theaters also. Really? Yeah. Not like wide, but yeah. Okay, then never mind. Um. Anyway, this has a straight to video feel, like heavy. Um. You might also be saying that because I feel like this is in that time that chunk of time when Robin Williams was doing like the final cut and some of those other yeah, straight like to video. Yeah, like Death to Smoochie. Yeah, and, some of that yeah. kind of, well, I think Death to Smoochie got a release too, but, uh, yeah, well. but some of the other stuff that's kind of like really low-key, like after this movie, it was like, wow, Robin Williams can play crazy and he did yeah. Insomnia too around that time. Right. And so I think it was like, yeah. a, you know, kind of like feeding off of that and he started doing all these darker roles and he, I mean, his last movie he made was Boulevard, which is like, that was straight to VOD. Yeah. So, like, he was he was definitely yeah, it's trending like, down. Yeah, it's like Netflix originals yeah. before Netflix. Exactly. That's exactly how this feels. Um, I don't know if it's shot on digital. Looks like it is. Like I doubt it. Early 2000s. Yeah, no, it's just, not shot on digital. Because, not, what is it, 2002? Yeah, 2002. Yeah, it's not. It just looks bad, though. It looks, like, washed out and, like, sterile. That's just uh, like Mark Romanek. Though. That's like his style because he's coming off of uh, he did he did a lot of music videos. Like yeah. they, they had the co- collections of his music videos. Like they do okay, for I can Gondry. really see that. Yeah, like they uh, he works. Uh, the story is basically it's uh, Robin Williams is um like a photo lab guy. He like processes photos and he becomes obsessed with his family and like he looks at all their photos and he collects their photos and 
has him on a wall and mm. it, it has this like creepy vibe but it's just it's so not creepy at all like you say sterile he yeah. directed the video for michael jackson's scream yeah okay <laughs> like, holy shit <laughs> yeah he also did a uh, closer nine inch nails video perfect drug for nine inch that's nails actually, yeah, uh, that's good stuff. He, he's he's like a he was a big deal in the uh well, damn and he did johnny cash's hurt video oh okay so he's like he was like a pretty big deal back then uh, as far as music yeah, videos yeah. go and then he he started making films. I think this is like one of his first films. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's his f- second feature, I guess. Really, it's just weak, though. Like, I, I don't. Robin Williams, like, he's good in comedy, obviously, and he's good as like the stern, serious person. You know, like Goodwill Hunting or something. You know, that that's fine. But when it gets into this, like, oh, I'm like a possible pedophile or a creepo. You know, like, I don't buy it. It's just it, he's just not. He doesn't have that. And, yeah. and they tr- they try to force it constantly, like with music tones and stuff. Like it's like like the music gets like dark or ominous. I'm like, dude, this is like not good. It's, it's kind really, of laughable. Almost. Yeah, it's really cheesy. Yeah. And I remember seeing a scene from. I've never seen this movie, but I remember seeing a scene where he was like, he had the family like in a room, and he was like screaming at them and like threatening them. And I remember thinking like, yeah, this is just like it's awkward bad. and no, weird. <laughs> like no, 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 I can't no, no, take no, him no, seriously no, no. when he's trying to be no, threatening. It, it is. Yeah. It is the ultimate cringe. <laughs> Like literally, the, the end of this movie is like cringe. The word oh. he he finds out that like the husband. I'm gonna spoil the shit out of this. It's a garbage movie. Um, he spoils the shit. He spoils, he spoils this woman. I've been so up, bad. I've been I've been up since like three thirty. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> nightmare. Uh, let's see. Um, he finds out the husband's cheating the the family that he's obsessing uh-huh. over. And uh, long story short. I'm not going to explain how he gets them or he goes to a hotel and they're in their hotel, like banging or whatever he, he gets in like a huge elaborate story of how he got there, but he gets in and he threatens it with a knife and you know, he's like, take off your fucking clothes. And it's like, I was like, this is weird as shit. Like not in like, it's, it's weird that it's Robin. It's not good. It's not a good weird. And then he gets, <laughs> he gets them like naked or whatever. And I'm like, okay, is he going to like fuck him? The fuck, like fucking kill him. Like, oh, this is, this is going to be cool. Fuck them. And then Fu- fucking kill. Yeah. Them. <laughs> like both. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And he's got a knife. So it's like, he's going to knife. Fuck them. It, it's <laughs> even, be seven it, it, I, was like, I was like, I was like, this is a little scary. He's got a knife, he's not gonna, a gun. He's going to dick mm-hmm. knife them. Like who knows he's what's going to duct tape the knife to his dick and dick knife. them. <laughs> <laughs> How awful would that be? Um, but no, he just like gets them to like pose for pictures, like they're they're, they're banging or whatever. And like, oh my god, this one line that he says, it's, <laughs> he's like, uh, he, he tells her to yeah, put. I, I can't even say this. He's like, <laughs> put your cock in his mouth. No, not cock. He says thing. <laughs> put your thing in. No. Your, he's like, put your thing in her, in, in her mouth, and it like just like that, like this, like put your thing in her mouth, and I'm like. This is insane. I, I almost got him and walked out of the room. <laughs> like, me and Alice are like laughing to death. I'm like, I'm like ah, how did this get made? It's so terrible. And he doesn't kill anyone. They just, uh, they both survive. They're like traumatized, but it's like, who gives a fuck? I, 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 and apparently he didn't take pictures of him at all. So there's no evidence. So he doesn't like go to jail or, and like he was abused as a kid. So like, it's totally fine. Everything's fine. Everything's, everything's fine. Everything is good. The cop out, man. It's awful. And, and his yeah. boss is the same guy from uh, Office Space. The same boss, Gary Cole. Yeah, it's the same guy. So wow. like, the, as soon as I see him, I'm like, this movie is done. It's already over. 
can't watch this. It's, I don't know. It's, <laughs> Gary Cole is on a, uh, an episode of Frasier. You remember this? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, has yeah. the, he has the houseboat that he lives on. Yeah. He's like the cool friend. Anyway, <laughs> this movie is trash. What would you give it? I gave it like a two, but. You're always rate way high, man. I do. Yeah, I, so this, is, this is like you're a, too nice, man. I don't even. This is a half star. There's not. There's no redeemable qualities to this at all. Ouch. Well, uh, I finished uh, Waco, Ooh. so I'll oh, talk about cool. that briefly. Um, series ended, uh, you know, predictably because you know what happens. Mm. I, I I I'm really kind of put off by their um, kind of reluctance to place the blame of the fire on any group in particular like they just kind of like the guys came in the atf came in with the or not the atf the fbi came in with the um tear gas cannons on their tanks and they started spraying tear gas into the building Mm -hmm. and then and then the guy the negotiator who got fired because he was like i need more time and they were like fuck this we're gonna go in uh he was telling them about how you know tear gas is highly flammable and it's going to be a problem. And then the fire started. So it's like, it's really leaning towards like the fire started accidentally because they were spraying this highly flammable tear gas all over the place, Mm. which sounds good. But if you, I mean, I don't know who to believe because I I thought they started the fire. I know on Wikipedia, it says that they had, the FBI had bugs in the building and they and on Wikipedia it actually said and not to I mean and before we get an email about how I'm citing Wikipedia yeah. sorry it's information online I don't fucking know where else to look I'm not going to read a book about this so anyways <laughs> uh, it had, literally has quotes from the tapes and it's yeah. like them talking about dumping propane all over the place and lighting the place I remember on fire. a couple of survivors saying like that they smelled gas like and yeah. stuff like that like as and they the were people uh. well according to this show at the end they were like the people said there was no there no they had no intention to burn the place down or commit suicide or anything like that and it's mm. like i don't know is that true like i don't know i don't know what the fucking believe and that's like kind of silly i wish they would just like like i wish they would make it so ambiguous because again this whole show is like very like two-sided it's like trying to make you be like wow you know the fbi are such like asshole dumbasses, and michael shannon's the only smart one in there and then it's like, you know, you're supposed to identify and like sympathize with David Koresh and his followers, but David Koresh is banging 14 year old yeah. girls and making them have kids and but shit. But at the same, like, yeah, at the same yeah. time, I think it's pretty like agreed upon that the FBI and ATF were no, they definitely fucked it up. Place. Yeah, I'm not like, saying that they didn't fuck it up, but I'm saying yeah. like, I mean, just as far as the fire goes, I wish they'd have just placed blame a little bit because it seems like it doesn't seem like it's that yeah. big of a mystery. Like you know, other yeah. than that, you know. Uh, I'd say like I, I really hate like when m- movies or shows like telegraph certain moments. So like, for instance, like there's this like I was I read the entire Wikipedia page of Waco, obviously, yeah. and uh, and uh, it says that uh, what's his face? Fucking I can't remember the guy's name. He's like the right hand man of David Crash. He that uh, he tore the phone out of the wall and threw it out, out of the front door, and and because he got mad about the people about the uh, negotiator said something or whatever, and it's like. That's a you know I can see that's an interesting moment. You want to have that in your story. You want to film that. But the way they film it is so like it's like this huge moment. It's like in slow mo. He's throwing the phone out the door, and it's like uh. it's just like it's in the middle of the tanks are rolling in while it's happening. It's like I don't. know. It just seems so like lame and dramatized for no reason. Just I don't, you know, it's just let things happen, man. Just shoot the thing docu style. They should have let Paul Greengrass handle this thing. Mm. You know, just get in there. 
That's what I loved about the OJ thing. Like it was just what is that? What was that even called? Uh, American the people versus American OJ crime stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I didn't. I don't remember anything like that. Like well, super dramatized. But I mean, there it wasn't. But that. But that's. Well, I mean, I don't know. There kind of was a little bit. But that show is different because that show is like clearly playing in like a alternate reality kind of yeah. thing. I mean, it's it, like, it was it's almost, cartoony. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 Waco's not trying to be cartoony at all. It's yeah. Like it's trying to tell the real story. And it, you could tell by like the caliber of actors that they have in there. Not to say that the actors in the OJ thing weren't good. They certainly were, but they yeah. were clearly like playing it up a lot. Mm-hmm. And in this show, they're just like very serious, somber, you know, it's like this extremely serious situation, which is, I mean, you should play it like that a little bit. Cause obviously you can't play Waco. Like it's a cartoon. Cause I mean, it's a horrible tragedy, but yeah, it's, <laughs> but it's just like, uh, I don't Waco know the comedy. I, you know, overall I'd say it was solid. I'll, I'll probably never rewatch it. You know, yeah. it's fine. Uh, Taylor kitsch was okay in it. He's definitely not good. He's okay. But he was better than he's some better, of the other stuff you've seen. He's him in? better than anything I've ever okay. seen him in. Yeah. He's terrible in everything else. Right. He finally gets past the grizzled tone of, I'm Taylor Kitsch. We got to get out of here. God. Like, he's just brutal. His voice is brutal. Right. I remember uh, I listened to another uh, podcast, and they played a clip from John Carter. And it was just, like, the most absurd. (laughs) It was, like, Willem Dafoe talking to him. And he was just, and, like, Willem Dafoe was just, like, he was speaking some, like, Martian language. Right. And then he was, like. I don't know what you're saying. He sounded like dread. Like it was just ridiculous. It's like, what are you doing? Like just speak in a normal tone, guy. The Martians are not the law. Exactly. I am the law. <laughs> Willem Dafoe was in that. He's motion captured as like one of the, um, Jesus Martian oh, guys. Like the head of bomb, the... like horrifically. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But that's why, know. that's why Disney doesn't do, that's one of the reasons why Disney doesn't do any live action movies except for pirates. I think they fucked. I think they fucked the whole thing up by calling it John Carter, like it was originally called hey, John yeah. Carter of Mars. Yeah, yeah. Like such a better title she tells you what it tells you what it is. Like who knows what the fuck John Carter is? Who the fuck is John Carter? Yeah, yeah. You know, call it John Carter of Mars. I think they thought that it was going to be like, oh, it's silly because like Martin, nobody, everybody knows we can't go to Mars. It's just goofy. But it's like if they had like played it right, like they yeah. didn't show any of the story in the trailer either. Like the story is apparently he's like a Civil War soldier. Yeah. And he, he gets, gets teleported to Mars. Such a like cool idea. Yeah. They didn't show any of that shit in the trailer. Yeah. It's, it was uh, written by Edgar Rice Burroughs, yeah. the guy who gave us Tarzan. Author of Tarzan. Mm. So, but um, he had a big year last year. He did the, the Tarzan movie. And or yeah, I yeah. guess that was a couple of years ago. The, uh. John Carter movie, but yeah. anyway, um, yeah. So I guess I, if I had to rate it, which I never would because it's not on Letterboxd because it's a TV show. But if I had to rate, it, I'd give the whole thing a three. Cool. Supposedly, Vince Gilligan, the guy who did Breaking Bad, is supposed to be doing a thing about Jim Jones. Vince Gilligan, the guy who did The Lone Gunman. Let's be honest. <laughs> High five. He did that. Yeah, The Lone Gunman. What is that? So that was the X-Files offshoot from the X Files. Last like one season. Yeah. Great. Oh shit. Because it was bad. It was great. Are you kidding? It was it's so been, funny. It's been forever since I, I've seen I haven't it. seen this since I was like twelve. But I remember like <laughs> um, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping Long it'll Gunman actually sounds good. No, the Jim Jones thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping it'll actually come to fruition because like I saw something about this at like the end of 2016. Haven't heard anything about it yet. He hasn't so, done anything since Breaking Bad. 
Yeah, he has. Better Call Saul. Well, but, oh, uh, was that actually him? Yeah, that's yeah. Him. And he oh, did. He, I'm pretty sure he had another show. He had another show on like CBS or something. Really? That okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I gotta imagine like he's like hmm. the Breaking Bad like format is probably going to be where he works the best. Without a doubt. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, just like Grizzly, just yeah. Yeah, he did violent. a show in in 2015 for one season called Battle Creek, which was on CBS, and it was a. Uh, Comedy drama starring Josh Demel and yeah, Dean Winters. No, no. A, a mi- to... mismatched partnership of a police detective and an FBI agent <sighs> nah, in Battle Creek, Michigan. Come on, it's like what a like what a weird thing to go to immediately following the success of such a oddball show like Breaking Bad. Like to go and make like a just a generic buddy cop show. I gotta imagine that was him. Like, okay, I'll do this for the money while I'm working on something yeah. that's actually a little more worthwhile. Yeah, probably, yeah. But I guess his uh, his writing and stuff didn't translate to network television. So. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. So, uh, I watched Lolita. It's a Kubrick week for you, bud. Yeah, uh, and actually, this I've now seen all of Kubrick's feature films. Well, go Rank fuck it. yourself. Rank them. I haven't seen Lolita, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, Make a list. On, uh, I need to, but I need, I need to watch Paths of Glory again, mm. and Eyes Wide Shut. Mm-hmm. And probably Full Metal Jacket again mm. too. Um, you saw Spartacus? Yeah, I, I really like I really either. like Spartacus. Never seen it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll have to watch that again. I've too. owned Spartacus and Lolita for about all together with the DVD <laughs> copies, probably fifteen years. I've owned those movies, wow, and really? I've never watched either one of them. Yeah, I'm really hoping that they'll. <laughs> I, I just don't know. I'm hoping they'll come out with a Blu-ray of Spartacus sometime on soon. Blu-ray? I have a Blu-ray of it from uh, Criterion. Oh no! Yeah, because they had the Criterion. There's a I had a Criterion DVD. Oh yeah, the D- oh that's right, it was on DVD. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping Criterion will do. A oh, Blu-ray I see what you're it. saying. Okay, just like I'm hoping they'll do a Blu-ray of uh, Brute Force because like there's a Blu-ray of Brute Force out by like MGM, but I'm like, you I want, want you I want, want Criterion? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Lolita is. This is a weird movie. I've I've never read the book, but I've heard about it and what it's about, and it the tone of the movie is so bizarre. Like at one at once, it's like this kind of screwball, like slapsticky kind of comedy. Like it reminds me of like um, like the Blondie and Dagwood movies from like the late '30s. Just a couple like getting into like funny shenanigans. But also, he's trying to bang a twelve-year-old. So is she really twelve? In, in this movie, she she's is. fourteen. Okay. Um. But yeah, and yeah, so he like he falls in love with Lolita, marries her mother, so he can stay close to her. Um. I mean, how? Let me ask you this: How uh, have you read the Nabokov book? I have not. Okay. How? How true? How like? accurate is what you're saying or is that how much do you have to infer that he's in love with her and wants to bang her or is that on the screen like he's does he confess his feelings for her does he say I wish I could be with you instead of your mother I want to put it in that puss (laughs) (laughs) no never never quite get that far well that's the thing Uh, apparently there was like uh, you know some heavy censorship on this thing because it was the early 60s and they still had the Hayes Code that's what I was going to um, more ask you about. The yeah, book. like like, like apparently in the book, uh, she like sits on his lap and he uh, ejaculates. Oh Jesus! Um, and again, in the book, she's twelve. That's um, pretty fucked. <laughs> yeah, 
And like from what I understand, like in the in the book, they make it out to where like when he was when he was like fourteen or twelve or whatever, he was in love with another girl who was like twelve or fourteen. She ends up moving away and like she dies and like they never got to have sex, so he like fixates on girls between nine and fourteen. How old uh, is he? Uh, like mid thirties or late thirties, something oh, okay. like that. And it's also creepy because it's fucking James Mason, dear boy. Mm. And like, he is so like, you can't really feel for him in any instance because he's just so awkward. And like, you know, like the way he, the, like the way he's like looking at her when she's doing like hula hoops, just like, you know, blank stare, mouth open. And then, like, the, the mother, like, takes a picture of him and is like, see how relaxed you are? And, uh, and Shelly Winters is fucking annoying as, as fuck. Um, she, she's good at being, like, the overbearing mother, but, you know, the, the, really the saving grace of this movie is Peter Sellers, because he fucking rules. Um, like, the first time you see him, he's, like, drunk and, like, Humbert Humbert's got a pistol because apparently Sellers' character tried to get um, Lolita into a porn movie, but she refused. So now he shows up to Peter Sellers' place to kill him. This is such a fucked up... Like, this is from, like, 1962? Like, how did this movie get made? Dude, that's literally on the cover. I don't know. It says, how how did they ever make a movie of... Lolita. Oh, yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah. But this is so bizarre. Like, I, I could see them making a movie now, obviously, but, like, yeah. in the 60s, pre-MPAA, like, it's that's insane well, like, that they got away with anything yeah. like that. I kind of want to see the... Uh, Adrian Lin did a version in the right, 90s yeah, yeah. with uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Irons yeah. And, like, uh, you know, I don't know if it'll be... It probably won't be as good I as Jacob's Ladder. I think the girl was somebody, too, wasn't she? Dominique Swain. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think she was in, she was in Face Off, I think. <laughs> Oh, she was the uh, his daughter in Face Off? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so this whole movie is just... It's a mess. And it's a really, like, pedophilic, awkward mess. Yeah. I mean, you've got, like, Peter Sellers doing his funny voices. Like, there's a part where he, like, impersonates this, like, German uh, doctor. And that's funny. But, uh... Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's just so fucking weird. The um the Adrian Lin version tanked hardcore. Ouch. On a sixty two million dollar budget it made one point one million. How so did he people weren't interested in this? How did he ever make movies again? I don't know. <laughs> uh yeah. Dominique Swain was seventeen when she made the movie. So okay. I guess she was about fifteen in face off. Oh. No, that was been the same year actually, so she'd have been seventeen in face off also. My bad. Okay. Yeah. Ninety seven. Would you give uh, Lolita three point two five? Oh, okay, um, or maybe three? I forget. Yeah, three three point two five. Three and a half. Okay, three and a half. Hey, look at that! You liked it better than you remembered. Yeah, I mean Peter Sellers. All three <laughs> just, stars are just for Peter amazing. Sellers. Actually, yeah, honestly, Jonathan. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Watched Annihilate, and I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Yep. Five out of five. Liu <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>, Kang. 
Johnny Cage. <laughs> the fate of the universe will be decided as it should be. In Mortal Kombat. Test your mic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I watched the documentary uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth, Brian Eno, 1971 to 77. Uh, wasn't expecting much. Uh, I don't know how I have never seen this. Um, it's like two and a half hours, so it's pretty long. Uh, coming off the Bowie thing that HBO did recently, I was like, you know, this is probably going to be trash. And this is old, so this, this isn't current or anything. I think it's from 2011. But uh, no, this is amazing. This is what the Bowie thing should have been. It's super in-depth. Um, obscurities you know, popular, popular releases, everything is just like exposed and people are talking about everything and it's great. Um, is Eno interviewed? Eno is interviewed. Uh, I think it's like archive footage, but he's talking, he's a talking head. Um, but it's really good. It's really, really good. Um, starts with like, uh, you know, his early days is in college or whatever. And, uh, a lot of Roxy music stuff, which is cool. Shitload of footage. Um, goes through all of his solo albums. Um, and I'm like, this is great, you know. And then it even goes into like the like his trips to Germany and shit, where he like did stuff with the band Cluster. Oh uh, yeah. And I'm like, this is insane. No one talks about this. It's really cool. Um, gets into the ambient stuff a little bit, you know. He's like ambient Jesus. Uh, jokes. I don't know. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, like he is the savior of ambient music, or he's just or he's well, the lifeblood God, ambient amb- amb- or whatever creator. Yeah. Uh, yeah oh, like pretty, going into good. the Adventist good. theory of Jesus is the agent of creation. <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. is that the <laughs> theology behind that? <laughs> it's the theology behind that joke. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, it doesn't go like it stops in seventy seven, which is kind of a bummer because like. Wasn't that he the did, year that Before and After Science came out? Yeah, Before and After Science and like all the Bowie shit, like Heroes. And uh, yeah. That's a perfect place uh, to stop. No, not at all. Like They should have kept going. Sure. It's, I mean, it's, like, after that, he becomes shit. No. <laughs> it's where he becomes a guy who ascends to greatness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. After he, three days. He's not great before then? No, he's fantastic. Uh, His solo stuff is great, but like. Like, the ambient stuff is really awesome in the early 80s. Like, really awesome. And all the shit with the talking heads. I mean, come on. He he's basically creates yeah. the talking yeah, heads but that's a like, good band. Yeah, but that's like... <laughs> isn't that, that would be like a separate documentary about the talking heads. Yeah, where, yeah. And then know. he, like... Yeah. You know, he's in New York and finds all these, like, crazy bands and shit. And, like, that's... I don't know. They like, should make another second documentary called two. The Producing Years. Yeah, Where he's yeah. just a producer. Well, no, that should end before you two. We don't talk about you two. <laughs> Yeah, actually, yeah. See, if you want the good, you got to take the bad in there, buddy. Fast forward. But, uh, <laughs> That's exactly. It Fast could probably stop in like 85. Interview. Stop in 85 and then come no, back. No, keep going to 05 to the ship or whatever. <laughs> so that was the <laughs> ship. No, he can come back. Yeah, we can come back and talk about that. Bone Bomb, the song, Bone Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. Um, you love this guy. I do. I love him. He's, I know. he's absolutely fantastic. And yeah. it, it is it is staggering the amount of shit he did in the 70s and early 80s. Do they, yeah. do they get into the Robert Fripp stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Lots of uh, Robert Fripp photos and shit. I don't think they ever get him to talk. But uh, uh. 
Bummer. Yeah, they talk about all their all the 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 albums they did together. And yeah. Cool. It's hmm. just uh two and a half hours of Where did you see it? Uh it was on Amazon. Amazon Prime. Oh, cool. Oh, it's nice. free to watch. I yeah, think I on. actually now that you say that, I think I have it in my queue. You should, I mean, if you're you know into it, watch it. It's. I mean, I'd watch it. I, it seems really it's long. Long I watch shit, it in but, pieces uh, or something. It's, yeah. it's cool, and they, they yeah they like interview the guys from Cluster and stuff. It's like you just don't you don't see this in anything. Yeah, like the Bowie thing was so bad. Like <laughs> it, was it, was, it was fucking horrible, and Bowie's done so much. I mean, well, there's a documentary. I bought a documentary <laughs> from. Um, What's that place? And uh, dirty, dirty basket. What the fuck is that place? <laughs> no, 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 uh, no. Hang on, hang on. Dirt cheap. Oh, uh, oh, dirt, yeah, dirty basket. Dirt cheap. <laughs> I went to dirt cheap and I bought a DVD uh, that had Bowie's face on it because I didn't know what it was. So I was just like, I'm just gonna get this because it has Bowie's face on it. So it must be good because it didn't have it, like they're they're all in those like blockbuster mailing sleeves. Oh right. Like when blockbuster right. tried to do Netflix for like a year. Yeah. So they're selling all those for like a buck a piece. So I bought it and it's like it turns out it's a documentary just about his Berlin albums. Oh shit! Yeah. That's cool. It's like killer as fuck. So I was Dude, like, "This yeah. is great." And then it froze up like forty-five minutes into it. Lame. It's scratched or whatever. Oh so. man! But it was really good. So yeah, I mean, there's. Pl- I'm sure there. You know, like that documentary is leaps and bounds ahead of mm. you know, the shit that HBO did or BBC or whatever. Yeah. So, well, uh, I too watched a documentary. I finished uh, Darkon last night. Uh, I had started it a few days ago and I had to stop it, but I, I finished rewatching Darkon. Good stuff. A documentary about. A LARPing community in Baltimore. Um, have you seen this, Kevin? No. Okay. I'm going to have to highly recommend this one okay. for you. Uh, this is just a fantastic, fantastic film. Mm. Uh, really, like, super engaging, interesting people who are just... The reason that they're so interesting is because they're so ridiculously invested into what they're doing right. with the live-action role-playing. Pure passion. Yeah, they're just... And, the like, the way that they... They like talk to each other in character and stuff, and it's just so absurd. But they're so into it that you're fine with it, you know? Right. And it's, I mean, it's by turns. It's really, really funny, but it's also like you feel bad for the people sometimes because they're like, like especially like this one kid they interview who's like morbidly overweight, and he works. He says, "I work at Starbucks, and I don't have any like I don't have the balls to talk to any girls, but I'm hoping that I can lose weight through this through in Darkon." Uh, Darkon is like the name of their world that they've created. Right. He's like, I'm hoping I can lose weight and like get the balls to talk to some girl and like maybe have a relationship. And he's just like such a poor nerdy bastard. And you know, you just feel so bad for him. But, uh, then there's other moments where it's just like really poignant and profound. Like the, the main guy that they're following around whose name is Banor and he runs the country of Laconia in Darkon. <laughs> And they're all like, every time he says, like, he'll be like, he'll be talking and he'll be like, hey, Laconia. And everybody behind him goes, hey, Laconia. And they all scream. It's fucking awesome. It's wow. Really, it's pretty cool. And um, I wish I had no shame. I know, I right? I would be into this. I'd be right. so fucking okay. into this. Okay. Can I say, can I <laughs> just say, I would totally do this. Minus, minus the... Minus the time commitment that it takes. If it was just like a once a month thing, but they do apparently they do twice a month, and one of those is an overnight like camping trip. Damn. Uh, and it like costs money, and you have to like buy shit and stuff. It's oh, just man. like, and they all have like 
actual like clothing that they like sew together and make that's my favorite part yeah like a lot of like actual armor and shit like, oh yeah, really yeah. cool really it's cool nuts stuff. like some of the guys are fighting in like full like spartan gear like they have the metal helmets and yeah. everything and they're uh-huh. like rushing with like foam spears wow but i mean um yeah it's just a it's a really it's it just really gets you uh invested in their whole situation and like I was saying, Banner, the guy, he like has this incredible speech. It just comes out of nowhere at the end, where he's not—it's not, it's not a speech in character. Like he's talking to the camera, and he's just talking about like how, you know, there are a lot of people who like like the whole movie is kind of like the theme is kind of like uh, everybody's playing a role. You know, you're playing a role when you go to work. Like he's like, there's one guy that they interview. He's like, I you know I play a role. I, I go to work and I. Uh, fucking work in an office and I have to be polite to everybody you know <laughs> and when I get out here I'm playing a different role I'm playing you know whatever my whatever his name is you know king of the elven princess or whatever what the fuck <laughs> it is but um Banner has this incredible like yeah thing where he's like kind of he's kind of like uh ties all that together at the end of it and it's just really like weirdly profound coming out of this guy who's this he's like a stay-at-home dad he's kind of a schlubby character mm-hmm. and uh but he's just it's really it's really interesting and it's just a great great living great the dream dude yeah stay-at-home dad yeah oh yeah <laughs> let me tell you and nicole has told me if she made enough money i could quit and stay at home but i, I she's never gonna make that kind of money so <laughs> it's just really unfortunate i really wish that could be the case because I would stay home in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never work, man. There's so much fucking headaches working. Uh, but um, yeah, I gave it a four and a half. And the only reason it gets a half star lower is because I like some of the aesthetics of it. They shoot it on like at least three different cameras, mm-hmm. which I don't like. Like mm-hmm. some of the shots are very beautiful, like eight millimeter, sixteen millimeter shots, and then sometimes they're shooting on like a Canon seven D, and it's really jaggy and like you know breaking out and stuff and it's just uh, not, not good looking so but um other than that i'd say it's borderline perfect for a documentary so hmm. and very very short it's 90 minutes so either you guys see uh knights of bad astem no i didn't see i remember that peter dinklage is in that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it was, i remember the trailer yeah it was it was what fun was, what was that knights of bad astem it's like uh like a larping thing oh, okay. that ends up being like like the actual like summon a demon or something like that i remember uh in role models <coughs> role models big larping thing oh, yeah yeah very yeah. very funny it made me think of that a few times really funny movie. yeah yeah <laughs> good morrow cousin <laughs> like that one guy's like super into it yeah that's yeah. really funny but anyways that's uh that's all i have that that's all I got. okay yeah. i got one more uh alice doesn't live uh not alice. that's next time i think who's that knocking at my door Scorsese's first feature. It looks a lot like John Cassavetti's movie Shadows. Like, mm-hmm. hmm. Yeah, it's like it's almost like he took like the same equipment that Cassavetti's used and just what year shot his own. Sixty-seven. And wow. I think he, I think it was Harvey Keitel's first movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like pretty much everything that like you see Scorsese do now, you see him do in this movie. Only he does it obviously a lot better, and it's a lot more f- focused, and you know, just overall better because he knows what he's doing. But this is a really good first movie. A um, lot of lot of his same use of like music and montages and camera movements and stuff. And Harvey Keitel is great as he pretty much always is. Um, 
yeah, this, uh, the story isn't too interesting. Um, basically it's Harvey Keitel just dicking around with his friends and he meets a girl and, uh, so he's like really into her. And then one day she's telling him how she got date raped. And then he was like, I'm out. <laughs> and like later on, he like tries to get, he like tries to get, get back with her. But, but he's like, you know, and you know, I forgive you and you know, I'll marry you anyway. And she's like, excuse me. And so, and there's a, uh, this interesting scene where he's like, I don't know if it's an actual like thing that the character does, or if it's just like one of his fantasies, but like all of a sudden, like it cuts to white and like you see like uh two like Harvey Keitel's profile like really up close like in his eyeball and then you see this other girl and then like he's having sex with this girl and like the end by the doors is playing and it's like a lot of like the camera's like just all over the place like it becomes a different film for like 8 minutes huh. and then it goes back to like 60s doo-wop and Cassavetti's shadows so it's like you can see like his influences like you see like a lot of John Cassavetes, a lot of like the French New Wave, then like 8 minutes of pure Bergman and then it goes back to Cassavetes. Interesting. Yeah. What'd you give it? Uh 3.25. <clears throat> I remember liking it quite a bit actually. Uh yeah. and I'd say that at this point Having rewatched Mean Streets not too long ago mm. and not caring for it as much, I th- I would say I like this better than Mean Streets. I'll have to see because, uh, yeah, Jordan's going to be showing Mean Streets soon. I don't. I I haven't. The only one I really haven't seen early like that is uh, Boxcar Bertha. Yes, yeah, which apparently here. is not very good, but I'd still like to see it. Yeah, Cassavetti's funny that you mentioned him because he apparently told Scorsese that it was a piece of shit. <laughs> Boxcar Bertha. Oh, Boxcar Bertha. Yeah, not not a uh, not who said knocking. Yeah, I mean, well, I think that was like he just that was Scorsese being a jobber because he did it for Roger Corman. Sure. And, yeah. Well, so is uh, Alice doesn't live here anymore. Oh, okay. He was hired by um, Ellen Burstyn to do that because oh, okay. apparently after uh, after the success of Exorcist, they were like, you can do anything you want to Ellen Burstyn, and she said, oh, I want to make this movie. Alice doesn't live here anymore, and oh. then she hired Scorsese to direct it. Interesting. So, hmm. and it's it's. Have you seen it? No. It's quite good. Yeah. Quite quite good. Uh, Harvey Keitel is also in that. He's very good in it. Yeah. Much different character. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, all right. Let's move on to our deep dive then. That's right. Uh, <clears throat> this week was Kevin's pick. The world's end. The world's end. Written. You, mm-hmm, good. Thing. Written and directed <laughs> by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright. Directed by Edgar Wright. It's about. Four, uh, five friends who get back together for a pub crawl, and they realize that things in their hometown are not what they appear to be. And hilarity ensues. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> um, yeah, so this was my second time seeing this. Mm. Jonathan's first time. First, yeah. yeah. So let's throw it over to Jonathan, because uh, he's got a fresh perspective. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was, you know, it was pretty funny. Um, if memory serves me correct, um, I want to say I like Hot Fuzz a little bit more and Shaun of the Dead is pretty funny. 
I don't remember Shaun of the Dead to be honest. Um, but re- regardless, uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, one complaint is uh, there's a lot of fight scenes that aren't funny. You know, I don't know. They're just they kind of drag. There's like a lot of fight scenes, and uh, I I hate to say this, but I really wish the last like five minutes was the last forty five minutes. Like I would, I wish uh, they would have like. Dis- I wish the world would have gotten destroyed like an hour in, and then we get to see. Cause I mean, I don't know. The Jonathan end- lost it when the broad when he saw the broadsword on Simon <laughs> yeah. Pegg's back. <laughs> I was like, I want to see more of this shit because this right. is funny as fuck. Because he's like a loser and a piece of shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then he becomes like this god at the end of the movie, right? Well, yeah, which is fine. You know, it's it's cool that it's just a little in cap or whatever. But yeah, I don't. Know. Yeah, that's just. I can see that dreaming, I guess, but uh, no, it was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> you know, it's their formula, kind of what they. Well, do. I think it fits. It really yeah. fits in well with the uh, the other two films in this supposed yeah. trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Um, in that it's like a it's like a it's like a movie that has a like an emotional theme, but it's a it's a genre movie. You know? Yeah, yeah so, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking a lot about like what Baby Driver was missing because Baby Driver I really didn't think was very good, and I think really because like it lacked so much of the emotional resonance that all three of the Blood and Ice Cream movies have. You know, there's a lot of comedy, but there's a lot of like really not super heavy, but like very personal like stuff that oh, yeah. Uh, that yeah Baby Driver just didn't have, and. And I think they balance it well with the comedy and the emotional impact. Hmm. I'll tell you another thing Baby Driver is missing is Simon Pegg. That's true. I mean, I I think I I really think that nobody like clearly they have a synergy where they like just get each other. Like they get the comedy that they're going for and they work insanely well together. And I mean, for me, Simon Pegg is it in this movie. Like he that's that's. Like he is the end all be all. He's everything that's funny in this movie. Pretty much is Simon Pegg. Like he is hysterical, and I'd say his performance is actually like really commendable. Like it's really impressive. Some of the shit that he does, like that yeah. that that ridiculous speech that he gives, that like one take speech. Do you remember this? I don't remember when Part- it is. Partaking in a liquid repast. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. yeah. That's insane. Like yeah, that's like Shakespearean. Just rattle, yeah, just <laughs> rattles off twelve pub pub yeah. names and. Was, though we though we will have a twinkle in our eye, we will in fact be blind, drunk. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I mean, yeah. he's really, really terrific, and he plays um, both sides of it really well. Like he's this mm. kind of like idiot uh, layabout, you know, drunken buffoon guy, but he's also got like this pain, you know, yeah, and like where it goes yeah. at the end and everything with the uh, yeah. the bandages, and it's just like really. I don't know. He's very, very good in it. I'm su- like it, it doesn't surprise me, but it's like it's un it's unnecessary. It's it's ridiculous to me like the academy's overview or like oversight of comedy like yeah. how they just completely ignore the, comedic performances right the, yeah like the the editing and like the way that they like i don't know the way the dialogue goes sometimes like it's it's just insane like i i don't i don't remember the specific part of the movie but there's one scene where they're all at the bar and like they like 
all drink the beers or whatever, then like each one says a line or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And I was like, this shit is like insane. And they turn around and pop yeah. into each other. It's yeah. really good stuff. That's his yeah. like, that's like Edgar Wright's whole thing. And especially, yeah. especially yeah. in yeah. these three yeah. films is that like rapid pace, you know, quick cut-ins to like super zoomed, you know, like yeah. crash zooms and stuff on yeah. certain things. So yeah, he's got a very like Sam Raimi kind of thing going on. Yeah. You know, but, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I well, just I guess I'll just say. I mean, I really, I really enjoy the movie. I think it's very, very funny, and um, I don't. I cannot say that I think it's uh, the funniest because I think I, I, it's the one I've seen most recently, obviously, and I have not seen Shaun of the Dead in a long while. Yeah. But I remember Shaun of the Dead being like soul crushingly funny. Like I was laughing. Yeah. I like it hurt to laugh at that movie, and then I remember severely disliking or being very disappointed by hot fuzz but i've only mm. seen it in the theater so i'll have to rewatch it i bought the the blu-ray triple pack that has uh, all yeah. three of them in it but that one i've seen twice I, th- I think i've only seen the other ones once well this one i've only seen once uh, <clears throat> well i would highly recommend you watch Shaun of the dead again because yeah for sure it's funner yeah I, I never knew he did <laughs> scott pilgrim as well yeah, yeah scott, which, I, I like scott pilgrim a lot that's my that's got to be my favorite one that i've seen so far okay uh, he that movie is yeah, fucking incredibly. Well I know done. a lot of people dislike it tremendously. How do you feel about Scott Pilgrim? I need Kevin? to watch it again. I remember laughing like, like having a great time in the theater when I, I saw it. Like, loved it. Like, there, like I remember specifically like uh, there, the <clears throat> scene where like uh, Chris Evans's uh, stunt double in the movie <laughs> like like runs into Scott like. <laughs> Looks pretty good, doesn't he? Sometimes I let it do let him do the wide shots when I want to get blazed in my winnie. <laughs> I remember hearing that in the theater, just like like physically hurting. Like I felt like one of my ribs move. I was laughing so hard, and like all the little stuff, you know, the like the little flourishes with the, um, you know, like when he goes to take a pee and it's like the like piss meter like goes yeah. down and like you know his, the hearts like Zelda, uh, yeah. Um, I need to watch it again to like you know really be able to put a good judgment on it. But yeah, I I remember really liking it. I I really enjoyed it too. I think I, I think I saw it twice in the theater. But mm. getting back to the world's end, uh, yeah. I mean it, you know not to not to take anything away from that, but um, I guess uh, a lot of the criticism seems to come from like the fact that uh, like criticism that people feel about this movie mm. seems to come from the fact that it has the sci-fi element and people like seem to think that it would be better without it. Like it'd be better if it was just about the conflict between the friends and the pub crawl. Uh, See for I me, could... they, they went on too long. Like I felt like it could have got to the sci-fi faster. <laughs> I don't know. Like that's what I like about Shaun of the Dead. It, yeah. If I remember is like it, the zombies happen pretty soon in the movie yeah Yeah, as far as i recall well i think like like for me like you know they always a lot of critics try to say like oh zombies represent this zombies represent that and i think Shaun of the dead is one of is probably the best example of how you know you know you can be you like just because you're not eating flesh doesn't mean you're not a zombie (laughs) yeah because like there's that scene. There's the scene in Shaun of the Dead where like he's walking out to the store and then he walks back, and then the next day when the zombies have attacked, he literally does the same thing and doesn't <laughs> notice anything around him. Yeah, and, and I mean the whole opening of the film is the people pushing shopping carts yeah. and like being drones essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like I feel like you know, I guess they will. If people want like you know it to be you know just non-genre. I don't know. Like, I feel like 
that's one of the things that sci-fi and fantasy can do. They can bring these kinds of things into a better perspective because they're making, you know, it's kind of a distraction. And then like when you go back and you're like, Oh, you know, it sinks in a lot deeper than say, you know, just some Oscar Bation movie about people with problems. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think the sci-fi elements work really well with the themes of the mm. movie. And honestly, the first time I saw it, I was kind of on the other side. I was kind of like, well, I, I wish it was just like a comedy about a pub crawl and these friends. But because yeah. I do, because I found the beginning. I remember when I watched the first time, thinking that the beginning was way funnier. Then once the sci-fi stuff starts, it gets less funny. But I don't really feel that way watching it again. I feel like it's pretty, like, even. I mean, there's definitely a lot more, like, you're barraged with jokes in the first, like, 20 minutes yeah, of the movie. Yeah. But, but aside from that, I think it's, like, pretty well-rounded and uh, funny throughout. And the sci-fi elements, like I say, like, the idea of, um, like, at the end, how he... I lo- like, I love the the fact that, like, at the end, he essentially, like, talks the Earth out of getting conquered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, it's, and it, because it's just, like, it's just, like... Uh, there's that call, throwback to the line that Andy has where he says uh, that you just can't argue with him, and the alien yeah. says the same thing. You just can't argue with him. <laughs> just, like, just move on. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> and I, I really like all like his his lines are ridiculous. Some of the like the the one <laughs> the one where uh, Nick Frost is he gets tap water. It's like yeah. I was sitting across from Andy watching him drink fucking rain. <laughs> <laughs> rain. <laughs> That's just the best. Yeah, the, the way he defends it too, like being tea, being a teetotaler takes a lot more courage. Try coming in here after a rugby match with a bunch of big ass dudes who are pissed off and drunk and just ordering water. That takes guts. Yeah, and uh at the end during that speech when he's talking to the alien and he says to air is human and he's like yeah to air is human so <laughs> he's like, like he's got nothing to add to it oh my god it's just yeah he's he's very funny there's a lot of like yeah really great moments just peppered throughout very funny moments yeah and like uh going back and watching it again like seeing uh i've watched this with the commentary before and they're talking about how like uh Simon Pegg's character is an alcoholic and like he's a like hardcore alcoholic like this first time you see him he's actually in an AA meeting and like he's actually like been committed to a hospital because like you find out later on that he's actually tried to kill himself and like the fact that he's like like they talk about like addicts being really really organized and so like he's got like you know you know even Andy of course yeah we're all getting back together like Andy Andy Knightley, yeah. What's the problem? And then, like you know, he puts the money down on Andy's desk. Six hundred was it? Uh, I don't know. He's he, he seems to be okay. He finally paid me back the six hundred pounds, but he borrowed two hundred <laughs> off me and me and me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Compulsive liar. Yeah, com- yeah. Got to do whatever he t- can do to. Uh, yeah, to get the fix. Get that thing happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, I, I speaking of the fight scenes and the action, I mean, I agree they're a little long winded. Like the mm. like that initial bathroom fight, it feels like it's like fifteen minutes long. <laughs> yeah, like, and I mean, and it's it's very repetitive too. It's just like it's the same thing each time. It's like you know, crush their skull, rip their arm off, crush the skull, rip their leg off. Yeah, and it's like I, ne- <laughs> I I was waiting for it to get to the point where they would get a weapon. You know, like besides the bar stools, when yeah. He does that. But I mean, <laughs> I hate this town. Yeah, that was but funny. Just actually get like a, you know, like you know, like a 
zombie-esque situation. You know, yeah, like how yeah. In, in Shaun of the Dead, they got the rifle and they got, you know, a golf club or, or the cricket bat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they have lots of different weapons. And in this one, it's just, like, brute force, like, pounding people with their fists. And I don't know. It's just, like, less interesting. Yeah. But. I think, like, Edgar Wright is definitely a huge fan of Robert Rodriguez. Mm. So I think that's probably where a lot of that comes from. I could see that. Yeah. Didn't – I feel like I was watching an interview with him and he mentioned Rodriguez for some reason. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because, uh, like, apparently um, Tarantino had, like, some guest house at his place and, like, oh, Edgar, Edgar Wright stayed yeah, 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 there yeah. for, like, a couple of months. He did the fake trailer in Grand House for yeah, Don't, yeah. The, uh, the, horror, the British horror film. Yeah. Don't. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, like, making fun of how, like, ridiculous, like, paranoid, you know, these uh, yeah. British horror films are. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean... What do you guys feel about... I mean, I guess Jonathan and I have not seen these films in a while. I mean, you know, when was the last time you saw Shaun of the Dead? Uh, it, it hasn't been very long. I'm, I think it was in October that I, know I saw you it. you just watched Hot Fuzz like not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. So you and, have a pretty, uh, like, uh, you know, fresh view of this trilogy. Do you feel like yeah. this is a good capper for the trilogy? Or I do think so, because the funny thing is, like, they they have... They address a lot of the things. Like, it's the third movie... So, like, having a movie about people who are, like, going back and, like, seeing their childhood, like, you know, it works on two levels because, you know, as an adult, you can go back and, like, see how your how your hometown has changed. But also, like, you know, for them as creative artists, looking back at what they've done and trying to, you know, like, recapture glory and stuff like that after having two really successful films... And I think it's great too because, like, especially the stuff with Simon's Pe- Simon Pegg's character, Simon's Pegg, Simon's Pegg. Uh, <laughs> so it's penis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> talking about my penis. Um, yeah. So, so talking about his character and like, so now they're like addressing like more adult issues. So like, you kind of like as the audience, you can kind of like see how they're progressing as artists, but also as people. So they're addressing some more adult issues. And yeah, I th- personally, I think it's the best of the three movies. Oh, wow. Hmm. But I mean, I'm like going to go ahead and say world's in five out of five. And like the rest of the trilogy is five out of five for me. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so, oh, so. okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I guess I guess the the, other, the last thing that I have really to, to speak on about this movie, because <clears throat> I mean it's it is our it's our first comedy I think yeah for that we've picked right full blown comedy. Uh, I don't think we picked a broad comedy yet. Yeah, I mean the comedy wasn't necessarily right, a not, yeah. quote unquote comedy. I wouldn't say it was but, a broad uh, com- like this is yeah, clearly yeah, yeah. like this would be in the comedy. Yeah, this is a broader a, like, yeah. you know, yeah, genre yeah, yeah, comedy. Right, right. But um yeah. uh so I mean I like being that being said, I guess there's not like a whole lot of like I mean we can I mean obviously like, you know, speaking of his directing and stuff, I mean like we said the 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 fast cutting and stuff like that is really interesting and it's good and it's mm. very entertaining and Edgar Wright clearly knows what he's doing. Uh, as a director, you know, the misstep of Baby Driver aside. But uh, <laughs> but um, I guess this movie as a thematic trilogy, mm. like, are this, these films as a thematic trilogy? How do you guys feel about the, the kind of post-trilogy situation here where 
you make a film like think of Gus Van Sant's death trilogy, right? Like you make you make Jerry. No, yes, you make Jerry, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And then you decide I'm going to make two more films that are thematically related to this because they're going to be about tragedy and death and whatever and you know, dealing with that. And then he makes uh Elephant in Last Days, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like is this comparable to that? I mean, what holds this together? Well, from what As I understand, a trilogy besides the Cornetto flavors, <laughs> from what I understand, that was basically kind of a marketing thing that they kind of fell into. Like these are kind of movies that they wanted to make. Like mm-hmm. they were fans of zombie movies. They were fan of action cop movies, fan of science fiction movies. So like, um, thematically, yeah, like it's the same people and the same actors, uh, doing the writing and the directing and the acting and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, like you, you don't have to, it's, yeah, you could call it a trilogy, but it's, you know, doesn't necessarily have to, have to be a quote unquote trilogy. I wouldn't say. I don't know. I think they're all the same to me. Like they, you know, they start off normal. They end in a completely different place and they have the same actors and they're all trying to say something about society and I don't remember what Hot Fuzz is trying to say, but uh, <laughs> police brutality, I have no idea. <laughs> um, it's got a deep social I don't know. They, they, they just they seem like the same formula. Sure. Yeah. So Well, like I, I guess I said at the beginning that they're like all, you know, uh, genre films with like emotional, you know, yeah. themes. Twist on it. Yeah, genre yeah. films. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't have any problem calling it a trilogy. Yeah. I just... Mm-hmm was curious because you know i don't i don't even know how edgar Wright like, feels what, what about would you that. call like, it yeah I, mean, I don't know if i call them anything i just call them three separate films you know if i wasn't assuming it's a trilogy then i'd say oh there's just three movies he made yeah because like in this one like the only time you like see the uh cornettos like um to be honest i'd, I'd have to really think about what processed foods i actually miss and they should and like the yeah. cornetto thing blows up against the fence <gasps> But uh, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I think like that was just kind of thrown in, thrown in there to be like, oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Scorsese, like you know, he he made yeah. some movies with De Niro. Are they a trilogy? It's like Wolf of Wall Street and Goodfellas and yeah. Casino. Are they the same? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah that's that's like a real stretch. Or, or like just like the like DiCaprio films, like is yeah, of New York Aviator and The Departed. Yeah. Or is that a trilogy because yeah. they have the same people in them in there? Yeah, that's a good point. Directed by the same person. I don't yeah, know. It's yeah. just like I mean, and they're not thematically related really at all. But I mean, yeah, I don't mm. know. It's just like the same thing. A lot of directors have these like kind of you know. uh unofficial like um john carpenter has one uh in the 90s or well the thing the thing uh prince of darkness and uh fucking uh what's the other one mouth of madness yeah in in the mouth of madness right right and it's his uh really what do they call that do you remember what they call that i don't know the thing is in that Mm -hmm. the apocalypse trilogy oh okay which is like i mean you know like I sincerely doubt like that's clear like an after the fact kind of thing. I sincerely doubt John Carpenter sat down when he made the thing and was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna make two more movies like ten years from now that are gonna be related to this movie. Yeah, yeah. Well it's like uh Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull, like people always like critics and think saying that Aqualung was a concept album, he's like not really. I mean, there's a couple of songs that have like similar themes, but like I wouldn't call it a concept album. And so, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so, there's definitely like a, a clear like uh, um, 
religious, you know, anti-religious almost kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Through that album, but but yeah, I agree. It's like I mean, to, to, I don't know. Like concept albums even like weirder. That's such like a very, yeah, yeah. You know, like what is a concept album? I don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. To me, like, like I was thinking of a concept, and it's like a, a album that's like telling a story all the way through it, or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. And very few albums do that, and the ones that do are pretty trash anyway. Like I, I feel like I can't think of many <laughs> albums that are like telling a story all the way through. They're like, well, that's really great. Yeah, super I mean, cool. Yeah, the wall. The wall. Well, uh, Harry Nilsson has a an album called The Point, which is like that, and it's incredibly good. But but aside from yeah, those, those couple, uh, Passion Play by Jethro Tull. That one that one has a definite story. Kevin, but, a resident and, Jethro Tull expert, well, thick as a brick. Uh, yeah. Well, the funny thing, like thick as a brick, was like Ian Anderson's. Like, all right, you think it's a concept album? I'm gonna make the mother of all concept yeah. albums. And I'm going to spoof concept albums at the same time. <laughs> Rustin's going to love this podcast. Yeah. yeah. But, Rust, uh, Rustin's a huge fan of Jethro Tull. Cool. Big, big fan. Good on him. Yeah, and there's uh, Tommy and uh, Quadrophenia oh, yeah. by The Who. Yeah, yeah those albums uh, suck. The, Pur- the Who is garbage. Purple Rain? Uh, purple Rain. <laughs> Prince sucks, too. It's an extremely huge. Well, I don't even know if that... I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Purple Rain was a movie. I don't know the. I don't know anything about the album. So. Yeah, I, like I don't know if the album is. It's about not as the like like something. the Wall is a fucking concept album. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. Well, it's clearly got like a yeah well defined story yeah. behind it. Well, I read that like the quote unquote first concept album was in the wee small hours of the morning by Frank Sinatra, <laughs> and you know it's just a lot of like kind of sad love songs that I guess you would listen to at like two or three in the morning when you're sad i've always heard sergeant peppers is kind of the but again i don't see how that's a concept album so no except I for mean, the fact that i guess the concept is that kind they're, of playing, a, they're it, playing as another band but it yeah like that's yeah. i mean if that's what a concept album is i don't you know it's kind of yeah, yeah it's like a hyper vague yeah you know, yeah, like, yeah concept yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like meta it's yeah it's really yeah. ridiculous actually it's it could be conceptual anything. if you this will is a con- this is a concept podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally yeah the concept is we talk about movies yeah there yeah. you go that's the problem yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah well i mean anything else to add to this discussion of the world's end uh more favorite lines i think we all need to agree that nothing in the last 20 minutes has been better than smashy smashy Eggman. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like and my brother and i say let's boo-boo oh let's boo-boo. now mm. yeah I liked his explanation of how it became Let's Boo Boo. Yeah. Like how it was yeah. Yogi, so Yogi Bear and Boo Boo. Also, this might come off as strange to some of our listeners, but in my opinion, Rosamund Pike's best acting. I, I, I would... Maybe I, Gone Girl, maybe. I mean, no, I'm fine with that. I think Gone Girl, she's really cartoony and ridiculous. Yeah, I, yeah. I think, yeah, this is probably her her best yeah i i i really don't like her at all so yeah (laughs) Yeah. well i was watching this and it was like a really like reserved just like normal kind of performance Mm -hmm. and it was like this is nice she's definitely like the straight person out of the whole crew yeah yeah yeah. like never she doesn't really crack jokes at all yeah but i mean she is she i had forgotten she was in this i I didn't know who she was when i saw this the first time so yeah um but yeah she's she's fine in it i mean some of the other actors are good too i like i like the uh Who's the the short the short guy with the weird ears? Eddie Marsan. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, Peter. He's, yeah, he's in um he's in a lot of stuff. He's in yeah. That, he's in that new uh that movie from the guy who does Narcos, the Entebbe movie. Hmm. Oh he's, yeah, he's yeah. The Mossad guy. Yeah, and then uh, he's also also Rosamund Pike. He, oh, that's fucking right. Wow. Yeah. 
And wow. then he's looking also, cartoony. Yeah, yeah, she's terrible. Her <laughs> weird German accent. Yeah. Uh, and then he's also in. Uh, he plays uh, Lee Schreiber's brother on that Lee Schreiber show on Showtime. Who the fuck? Don- Donovan? Is yeah. That it? yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ray and he Donovan. was uh, <laughs> he was Donovan. Lestrade in uh, Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes movies. Oh okay. Yeah. I didn't see those. They're decent. I legitimately didn't know that he did those. Holy shit. Are you he serious? Didn't? No. Oh. He did all. He, are you serious? There's only two <laughs> yeah. of them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man. That was like his comeback. Yeah. Because they were really successful. Yeah, like they he, were. He was huge. doing a lot of trash, and then he came back with those, and those were really successful. And then now he's now he's gone again because he did King There's Arthur. There's like a third yeah. one coming out Is there uh, I this year? Know. I don't know. I is, hope. is there? I haven't heard anything about that. This year or next year? I want to say I saw it on IMDb. Okay. I don't know why I was looking up. Sherlock Holmes movies. Yeah. It's seen. certainly possible. I mean, uh, yeah. the last one was in 2011, so it's been a while. And I know that um, the rumor is that Downey Jr. is going to get killed in the next Avengers film because he's his contract is up uh, and he doesn't want to do any more Iron Man stuff. Can't blame him. No, yeah. you certainly can't. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't know. He's kind of playing himself. In the Iron Man movies. Yeah. But uh, I guess, like, it might be the same thing with, like, Daniel Craig. Like, he was like, I'm getting too old for James Bond. <laughs> so. He certainly is old. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he's, I guess he's old for a, for a, an action star. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you're, like, Jackie Chan, where, you know, you're. 60-something. 60-something, and you're still, like outdoing most action stars in their 20s yeah i don't see anything about a new oh, Sherlock Holmes movie. must have been a dream so maybe yeah. it, maybe it's uh <laughs> well maybe it's not he's not involved maybe it's like a different maybe. like a reboot or something or with uh what's the guy who's in the oh, british uh, one with the guy from this movie martin freeman right so, yeah, yeah yeah uh cumberbatch yeah cumberbatch well i thought i saw something about that series being canceled which didn't surprise me because like um you know it's like two or three years between seasons yeah and Jeez. like they're they're both they're both into marvel deep now so doctor strange too yeah you're uh, into that right hell no you love doctor strange That's horrible jonathan is like the worst about marvel like he, he hates hate marvel but he goes to all of them <laughs> i don't go to all of them you love you go to every one of them i never go on my own I don't go. I He's don't forced. go. forced. Yes, I'm forced. Somebody makes you go. Yeah, uh. With a gun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or a knife. I just keep seeing them, and I hate them all. They're terrible. I just can't wait till I don't know, we're 10, 15 years from now, and we look back and go, God, it's <laughs> over. <laughs> I can't believe that happened. It's not going to be over in 10 or 15 I know. years. No. It's ridiculous. They're already yeah. set up through, like, 2025. <sighs> yeah. It's like, it's ridiculous. Jesus. Yeah. It's... Um, well, uh, star ratings for The World's End? Five. Three. I gave it a three. I gave it a four. Cool. We're all over the gambit on this one. Yeah. Or as Jordan would say, we're all over the gambit on this one because he doesn't know what the word uh, gambit is. <laughs> Comedies are hard to rate. They are. This movie was really easy to watch. I think it's, but I, well, yeah. for me, it's like the thing that makes it, like, it's funny. It's a funny uh, comedy, but it also has, like, other elements that are like good like yeah. it has really good filmmaking the acting is yeah. really good especially Simon Pegg and like the themes are all really like it's a really well executed and written yeah, story so definitely. like that's what brings it up for me mm. um, 
I'm all there for just last per second. Yeah, right. Who's <laughs> <laughs> judging it on that? Jonathan's next pick, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> do it. No, it's on you. You do it. Um, it's my it's my turn though to pick. Oh that's no, right. we're gonna skip you and we're gonna do a comedy. <laughs> we're gonna do um, what's the funniest movie? Annie Hall. <laughs> Oh. Hysterical. Charlie Chaplin's Modern Times. <laughs> well, laugh per minute. Schindler's Bob. List. <laughs> <laughs> Two, three laughs per minute. I mean, he has so many women. And they love him. Yeah, he's married, but they love him. There's plenty of laughs in that movie. There really are. Like... Funniest part? The end. The red coat. <laughs> Good Funniest God. shit ever. That's not the end. Who okay. are you? <laughs> Is that not the end? No. Funniest part when I they that line was the those end. guys up against the wall and shoot them. Like, that's yeah. a fucked up movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen this in, like, a long time. Uh, Maybe it'll come up on the podcast sometime. I hope not. <laughs> okay, so uh, next episode is uh, my pick. Mm. And my pick is going to be Steven Spielberg's Schindler's List <laughs> uh, from 1992 <laughs> starring Liam Neeson. Are you serious? No. Okay, uh, thank God. I really don't want to watch this. <laughs> Can't do the Spielberg. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, my my pick is uh, Tony Scott's The Fan from 1996, starring Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes. Okay. Um, okay, all right. Which all I haven't right. seen in a very long time, and I've been meaning to rewatch, mm. and I figure it's ripe for a discussion. Cool. Uh, have you seen this, Kevin? No. Oh, I, I remember seeing the, <laughs> I remember seeing the uh, cover for it at Blockbuster. Yeah. yeah. John, have you seen this? I have not. No. Oh, okay. This is great. This is like a pure episode. Then, yeah. Because most yeah. of our episodes lately... Like, it hasn't been the original... The original thesis of the show is, you know, the person who picks the other two haven't seen the movie. You know? Yeah. So, this is great. We're getting back to our roots. So, uh, anyway, write to us at feedback at filmyakpodcast.com. Visit our website, filmyakpodcast.com. And remember that we are on iTunes, unlike some other podcasts. And uh, we're fucking legit. So go yeah. to iTunes, listen to us, rate us, uh, write a review because it really might help us out in some way. Just and, send money. Yeah, just, just yeah, <laughs> just send us money. Yeah, <laughs> I want to quit my job. <laughs> Jonathan's desperate to, to podcast professionally. Let's do a, pa- a Patreon account. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> See, I was looking at. I was looking at another. Actually, I was looking at. It's funny you mentioned that because there's another podcast called the Pure Cinema Podcast. Uh huh. That I haven't listened to. They make him bank. No, I don't. I don't know. But listen. But they 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 uh they're not on iTunes, but they're on Patreon, and you pay monthly to listen to their show. Oh. Like what a ridiculous! Isn't that weird? Yeah. I, I thought be- Patreon was just for like you know like tips. Oh, I like this person a lot. I'll send him a few dollars. I well, didn't know you could lock stuff behind Patreon. I mean, it's like it's like when you look at the website, the Patreon website for their thing. Uh, yeah. it looks it literally looks like um Kickstarter. Huh. You know? Interesting. Like, it's like, unlock this reward for this much money per month. I'll try to see if I can bring it up real quick. uh, Oh, so you have to, like, create, like, like things? Like, like, you have to follow them on Tiers of, like, money? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what they did. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't. It might. Oh, here it is right here. Okay. Like, if you pay $10 a month, you get... The yeah, Star Wars exactly. special. Well, yeah. So they, so they're, they're, oh, uh, wow. they put just posted in a link to their episode, right? And it's called the March Blu-ray picks. And I'm like, I'd listen to that. Like, I want to see yeah. what's coming out in March, yeah. and I'll listen to some opinions about it. Then it's like, uh, unlock it now for five dollars. 
so like if you pay five dollars or more, you can get this episode. It's like it's like Let's five dollars like, for an episode of like some guys talking about some, Blu-rays. Yeah, what? And then no. it's like they've got all these different. It's like this is the one dollar reward, the handshake. They've got twelve people paying this per month, one dollar or more per month. You get to access to members only posts, sneak peeks, and our special Pure Cinema Patreon community. Like I don't even know what that means. Then they've got a five dollar one, which a hundred and fifty four people are doing this. So one hundred fifty four times five. What? And they're the making hell? that kind of money. And it says what they, the hell? You get access to the members only <laughs> posts. You get access to at least one bonus episode. I could per pay month. Kevin's rent. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin could make rent. <laughs> and then they've got a hundred dollar a month one that nobody's stealing. Well, no. Well, well yeah. I, I would hope not. Which is just like, and it doesn't even, I don't even understand. It says, it says, help keep us not silent. You get to pick the topic of one of our bonus episodes. Hear us talk for 20 minutes about whatever you wish. Hey, that's kind of cool. Must be movie related or want personalized recommendations from us. We will offer pairings with some of your and someone else's favorite movies on the bonus episode. If you choose like for a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars, like, Oh fuck yourself. Like, let me, let me, let me, I should be on the show for a hundred. Like, (laughs) it's like a Skype recording. Dinner. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. They should fly me out to wherever they are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just like a hundred dollars a month. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, it's insane. Like, I don't know. What like I don't know. and they have like fans like they got a lot of people who comment about how they listen to the audacious. latest episode and stuff. I don't know about that. This it has got to be like a great example of like you know creating scarcity. Yeah, and like you know creating a brand and like all that kind of. Now, just a disclaimer. Also, nothing against their podcast. I haven't heard their podcast. Don't know anything no, about it's, it. It's fucking trash. <laughs> <laughs> but I and I post links to our podcast on their on their Facebook page. Right, oh, cool. Because there's a lot of cinema fans, you know. They just want to like they. I assume they, you know, or might be interested, and uh, and they haven't said anything about it. They haven't kicked me off or anything. So clearly, it's okay. But like, I just don't. I just I I would honestly like to sit down and talk with the guys on this podcast and see what they're thinking. Like, what I don't understand. Like, is it just like a? I don't, it's just such a bizarre like way to go about it. But I mean, clearly, yeah. it's working. They're making you know seven eight hundred dollars a month yeah. <laughs> doing the podcast. That's pretty nuts. Yeah, they, they don't mind income. you posting on there. They haven't think? said anything about it. They haven't removed any of my posts, as far uh, as I know. Yeah. Maybe they have, and I just didn't notice. Maybe they've been deleting them all, and I haven't noticed. But that's funny. That reminds me of when I was younger. I would make like DBZ fan sites and shit on like GeoCities, and then I'd go <laughs> to like MSN chat rooms and just spam the link, and I'd get so <laughs> many fucking hits. Like you just sit there and like refresh and see you get like hundred, two hundred, three hundred. <laughs> it was awesome. AOL homepage. Yeah. You used to have those. Uh, like the GIF of Vegeta at the bottom. Oh, yeah. It was literally just a website full of GIFs. Yeah. Animated, animated <laughs> GIFs battling each other. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it still exists. No, Geocities is gone. Oh, fuck Makes me really that. sad because I, like, I had like two or three Final Fantasy ones. I had like DBZ. I had like 10 DBZ ones. Just I like in my computer could barely run them because it was so many fucking animated gifts. Wow. <laughs> just like just like chugging along. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's all gone now. Uh, bummer. Sad. Well, uh, that's gonna do it for our show. Thanks yeah. for listening. Remember to email at feedback at filmiacpodcast dot com and uh, stay tuned for next week. We're gonna watch the fan and talk about it. And oh, I almost Exciting. forgot to mention. Confirmed, we're gonna have a, a fourth person. Oh yeah, our friend Rustin. 
Oh, he's good. Be on the show uh, with all of his Jethro Tull love, and uh, <laughs> you guys can go at it. See who's the bigger fan of of the Tull. Probably him. Battle <laughs> <laughs> of the Tull. Um, but until then, uh, hang tight. I don't know. I don't have a good sign off here. Until then, fuck yourself. Fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome uh, to the Fuck You Podcast. <laughs> I want you to take five big steps back and go, Fuck yourself! <laughs> the, ni- the Knife Fuck Podcast. The Knife Fuck Podcast. Well, I mean, that does, that's not a sign-off. Though. Knife Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that is some uh, hilarious shit. Welcome to the Dick Knife Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> on our website, we just have like, <laughs> wait until the fucking knife on his dick. That's gonna be at the end of the episode. <laughs> okay, but but put but, your thing in his mouth. <laughs> put your thing in his mouth. But seriously, oh, God. Uh, but seriously, <laughs> it's so awful. But seriously, <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Until next time, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. This is how it